Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll talk about Canadian Agricultural Safety Week. Also, J.P. Gervais with Farm Credit Canada will join us to talk about the group's Farmland Values Report. And up first in today's country comments, I'll chat with Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba pork producers have been dealing with two pandemics over the past few years. Porcine epidemic diarrhea virus and COVID-19. Cam Dahl, general manager, talked about the latter. It has made everything more difficult, starting with the with the barn and, and ending, well, not ending, uh, going through the processing plants and then, of course, in the, the trucks that are needed to get the pork to market. But uh, if we look at our barns, and especially in combination with something like PED, it's, uh, it's first off made staff more difficult to find. Um, so we were facing a labor shortage going into COVID two years ago. Um, and it's, uh, you know, of course, made it more difficult to bring in um, new Canadians in, into, uh, into Manitoba agriculture. Uh, and, uh, of course, when you, when you have people that uh, need to, to isolate, um, that uh, makes it harder to move uh, between, uh, between facilities, and that puts additional strain on staff. Uh, and then, of course, if if uh, if someone does fall ill, it's there's there's no one to step into their shoes. So, it uh, it made that staffing question just just so much more difficult during uh, during the the pandemic. And then hopefully that's going to ease, uh, even if the overall labor labor shortage is is still with us. And you mentioned um, PEV, a virus that pork producers are dealing with. Um, just give us an update on what's happening there. Sure, that's a coronavirus as well, of course, and uh, um, that we seem to be in a cycle that it, it comes to a major outbreak every every two years or so. Uh, it, it's a, a virus that really impacts young pigs and, and is almost always fatal to young pigs. It has no impact on people. We can't get infected and no impact on the safety of pork, but it, it uh, does have significant impacts on, on young pigs. And uh, since October of this past year, we've, we've had... Uh, 75 barns that uh, that have become infected and uh, needed to have uh, you know measures put in place to to address the uh, the outbreak and so that's that puts a financial strain um, uh, especially on on independent producers if they're if they're producing young pigs that's uh, you know a significant financial hit uh, and it also puts a really you know we talked about staff and staff that are, are short in short supply to begin with and then they're going to uh, Going to work every day to to care for animals, and then you know if the infection hits uh, for uh, for young pigs, that their their job becomes different that day and more than a day, and it 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 takes a financial toll. But we we also need to remember the the very large emotional toll that it takes on 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 farmers and their staff as well. So we we need to we need to find a way to to break this two year cycle. Cam, talk a little bit about the the response and and just the collaboration that's needed needed to uh, to respond to this. Yeah, Manitoba is different from a lot of jurisdictions, and uh, in in many ways, we're lucky that we have we have all parts of the value chain that really do collaborate together and are are able to step out of their their own particular silos and and look at that question of what's in the best interest of the industry. And we're seeing that now on on PED. We've put together a, a working group that. Includes, uh, you know, the healthcare and veterinary professionals from the integrated operators like High Life and Maple Leaf, 
as well as the independent and uh, uh, progressive groups, uh, really to bring that hands-on knowledge. They've they've been dealing with the disease on on a frontline basis, um, as well as as uh, producers, uh, both those that have been directly impacted, uh, independent producers, and uh, those that haven't. Um, to say, you know, what do we need to do to uh, to keep it out of my barns? Um, and we've we've come together to really ask that question of what can we do differently? What different approaches are out there? Uh, what's working in other jurisdictions that uh, you know maybe we can look at in Manitoba um, to uh, to help break that cycle? Uh, and uh, you know we're also working closely with the uh, the office of the chief veterinarian in Manitoba. So we have government and all parts of the industry working together to to really look at that question of what can we do differently. Um, and uh, what different approaches are available, and are you know are there holes in in the current biosecurity approaches that we're using, for example, that that need to get filled? Um, and really, the goal is is to come out at the end of end of this work um, with with a plan, to, as I said, uh, to to do something a little differently that that will help break this uh, break this two year cycle. That was General Manager Cam Dahl with Manitoba Pork. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Farm Credit Canada has released its farmland values report for 2021. Here's Chief Economist J.P. Gervais. Farmland values on average increased 8.3% in 2021. Not surprised that uh, farmland values continue to increase. A bit surprised by the magnitude of the increase, quite frankly. If you look at the national result, and I do think that it applies for each of the province, we seems to have a bit of an acceleration in the rate of increase. 2020 was 5.4% on average. 2019 was 5.2%. So we went from 5.2% increase to 5.4%. And now by December 31st, 2021, we had 83 the value of farmland in Manitoba saw an increase of 9.9% in 2021. And Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation saw a big spike in forage claim payouts last year. David Crossell is product support manager. In terms of uh, overall payouts under the forage program, it's uh, just over $36.3 million. And in that number is included the uh, hay disaster benefit, which is $8.7 million of that total. So... Very significant losses this year, the largest that we've, we've seen under the forage program. And I guess if you're linking it to uh, cattle and livestock producers uh, added to that, there was another $9.4 million paid out for silage corn losses and $2.4 million for green feed losses as well. He notes forage payouts in 2020 were about $7.2 million, which does not include silage corn and green feed. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Monday, March 14th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from FCC Chief Economist J.P. Gervais. Farm Credit Canada has released its Farmland Values Report for 2021. Here's Chief Economist J.P. Gervais. Farmland values on average increased 8.3% in 2021. So this, please note that this is a weighted average. So if you look at all the individual provinces and try to come up with the 8.3, you're going to have to weight that uh, each province provincial result by the um, the number acres uh, that are uh, in each of the province. Like for example, Saskatchewan would capture a much greater weight than the national average than any other central or eastern provinces for that matter. So, um, so it's a weighted average 8.3. 
Um, not surprised that uh, farmland values continue to increase. A bit surprised by the magnitude of the increase, quite frankly. We seem to have, if you look at the national result, and I do think that it applies for each of the province, we seems to have a bit of an acceleration in the rate of increase, right? So uh, 2020 was 5.4% on average, 2019 was 5.2, so we went from 5.2% increase to 5.4, and now by December 31st, 2021, we had 8.3, and that is a little bit at odd with Three, the three years prior to the last three years that I just talked about, right? So we seem to have then a bit of a slowdown in the rate of increase. And now we seem to have a little bit of an acceleration in the rate of increase. And as I said, I think it does apply for, for, for a lot of the provinces uh, to some extent. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's just starting to increase now compared to last year. Maybe it's just two consecutive years of this rate of increase starting to accelerate. But the bottom line is we have a little bit of an acceleration, as I said, a bit surprised by the magnitude, and I can speak to that later on. I always like to point out that there are a number of different factors that influence farmland values, right? So we, for those of you that are familiar with the report, um, we used the report only at the provincial level, and we ran into a number of different issues uh, when it came to, to explain what was going on, because within the province, there's a lot of different factors according to the different regions where, you know, and, and, and even now breaking down the results by region within a province, we still find some of the same issues in the sense that even within a region, you know, the, the, there'll be different factors that, that have an impact on farmland values. But I'd like to point out that the low interest rates, the low interest rate environment and the strong commodity prices that we've had in 2021 do support the strong demand on farmland for farmland. So that's the demand side of the, the equation, so to speak, because land values are a function of both supply and demand factors. So on the demand side, low interest rates, strong prices. On the supply side, in a lot of different areas, at least at least in one region for each of the province, you'll find that you know, supply being very limited in terms of what is available for sale will have also a, an impact. It's not you know, one of the challenges that economists face is to distinguish these different influences, right? To say, I would like to be able to point out, well, tight supply in this case for this particular region is is responsible for X percent of the increase, but it's just not feasible to, to, to decompose the different factors. What we know is that all these factors to some extent have an impact on, on land values, and there'll be also regional uh, factors that, that matter a whole lot, and we can talk about that as well. Um, the fact that demand strong, I think, reflects and the land that land values are in, continue to increase, I think, reflects some of the optimism and, and, and outlook for growth in the industry. So I want to point that out for sure. In terms of the different provinces, you have you have the results in front of you. I'm, I'm not going to go get into the details. You have, you know, Ontario and BC that, that stand out at the top in terms of the largest average increase in 2021. Um, like I said, I mean, if you look at Ontario or, or I mean, BC, there are a lot of different areas where um, supply of land available for sale was really tight. And that tends to push up land values overall. In Ontario, as well as in BC, and as well as in other provinces to a lesser extent, you know, Quebec would be one of them, for example, where we do have, you know, increased demand from what we call hobby farm or, or part-time uh, agricultural operations, uh, especially when land is, is located nearby urban areas that's, you know, within the commuting, within a 
distance that can be commuted easily. So those will have an impact as well in terms of, of the pool of buyers that, that are in a certain market, uh, especially when, as I said, you're within a distance, reasonable distance from, from major urban areas. Um, I mean, maybe a word on, on the dry conditions that we've had in the prairies. What we've seen is that it has had limited to no distinguishable impact anyhow in the data. I mean, it's early for sure because, you know, some the transactions that go into our database for this report and in, um, goes all the way up to December 31st. So this is not the end of the story when it comes to the, the drought in 2021. Too early to say it's not going to have an impact, it, you know, in the extent of a possible impact. But so far, we've not seen any indication or signal that the dry conditions in 2021 have slowed to some significant, at a significant level, the increase that we've seen in land values. But that's something, obviously, that we're going to continue to monitor in 2021. 20, uh, that was J.P. Gervais, Chief Economist with Farm Credit Canada. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Stanley Soil Management Association will be hosting its AGM tomorrow night at 7 via Zoom. You can call or text 204-362-0352 to register. Manitoba Canola Growers is hosting a webinar on March 16th starting at 11.30 a.m. You can register on their website. The Sustainability of Agriculture Conference 2022 is planned for March 16th to the 18th. Details on the University of Manitoba Agriculture website. And Farm Credit Canada is hosting the Young Farmer Summit in a virtual event March 22nd. Go to the FCC website to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon. This week is Canadian Agricultural Safety Week. Rob Gobey is with the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association. This year for Canadian Agricultural Safety Week, our theme is Safety is Our Standard. And... Uh, we want your farm, your family, your success uh, is kind of what we're talking about for this year. And uh, we're just trying to, you know, provide our, our audience with uh, some good information as per usual uh, in regards to just thinking, putting safety at the forefront uh, of the discussion for the week and, and pretty much every day, of course. But, um, you know, it's just our annual campaign to uh, get people talking more about safety in, uh, in the ag sector. Any in-person events planned uh, for this year, or that's kind of hopefully for next year? Not that I'm aware of, to be honest. Uh, probably next year if, there, if we're going to have anything in person. Of course, um, you know, depending on the uh, pandemic situation, uh, if... Uh, any uh, businesses or uh, producers want to put on an in-person event, you know, uh, I'm sure they could. Uh, just a matter of uh, complying with provincial uh, restrictions with the pandemic. Um, and and a lot of our uh, campaign is virtual now as well. The EggSafe ribbon, that's, uh, that's available again this year? Yeah, it, we still have it available. Um, we've it's backed by uh, popular demand here, so 
Uh, if anyone's interested, they can uh, go on our um, Canadian Agricultural Safety Week uh, site through the, the Canadian Ag Safety Association website and uh, ask for a ribbon. Do you have any stats or anything on, you know, just some of the, I guess, some of the top dangers? Well, as far as fatalities go, uh, which is unfortunately some of the only valid statistics we have, um, the top three are mechanisms of uh, fatalities in the egg sector are still from tractor-related injuries. So we're talking rollovers, runovers, and struck-by-equipment type injury. Um, so, you know, if it was up to me, I'd say just, you know, focus on a lot on tractor safety, safe operation, as well as working in and around equipment. Um, so it's just a matter of, uh, like we say, uh, stop, think, and ask before you start any job task. Stop, think about what uh, the hazards are, and ask yourself how things can go wrong and take the proper uh, controls to ensure that you're working safely. I know CASA was involved with a lot of grain safety training over the past year, the Be Grain Safe program. Um, is that something that'll um, you know continue uh, this year? Oh, yeah. We're um, making a big push this year. We're starting off. Uh, we've already started our training in northwestern Alberta, and we're making a big push uh, from west to east this year and hoping to go as far east as the Maritimes. So we have a very busy schedule uh, book and uh, going through all the provinces from Alberta to uh, the very east coast, probably ending up in PEI or... Uh, Nova Scotia by the end of the season. And then for next year, kind of doing the reverse order uh, east to west. And is that that's uh, mainly uh, fire departments who are uh, training with, with uh, you know, grain entrapment? Correct, yeah. The, um, the firefighter grain rescue training is uh, the training that I'm talking about here. But that being said, often uh, lots of the training sessions Lots of the host fire departments putting on the training session are um, also opening their doors to the public to do some prevention messaging, some awareness uh, for the producers out there to uh, make them aware of some of the hazards of uh, grain handling and storage. That was Rob Gobey with the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association. This week is Canadian Agricultural Safety Week. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation says forage program payouts in 2021 totaled just over $36.3 million. Included in that number is the hay disaster benefit of $8.7 million. Product support manager David Carossel says that's the largest amount seen under the program. He notes another $9.4 million was paid out for silage corn losses and $2.4 million for green feed. definitely has an impact, uh, as in any insurance program, when there's losses that will be reflected over time in, in potential increase in premium rates. Uh, in terms of the overall uh, fund for the agri-insurance program, we had a significant reserve balance heading into this year, so that's... Uh, helped offset the impact of the losses in general for for all crops this year. Premiums are based on a, a 25 year period so there there will be a, there will be an impact because of the losses this year but that is spread out over time. 
He says forage payouts in 2020 were about 7.2 million, which doesn't include silage, corn, and green feed. And Farm Credit Canada says farmland values climbed in spite of impacts from pandemic supply chain disruptions and adverse weather. FCC's Farmland Values Report showed an 8.3% national average increase in 2021. Manitoba showed an increase of 9.9%. Chief Economist J.P. Gervais says last year's drought did not have much of an impact. I do think that one of the things that is quite different right now is the overall environment in the marketplace where we have really strong commodity prices offsetting some of the lower yields that we've had. So, you know, right now I'm not too surprised that we haven't seen any impact or not nothing distinguishable anyway from the data that we have. And But we're going to continue to monitor it and see if this slows down any type of demand for farmland. But right now, nothing that we, we can really point towards. The largest increases in farmland values were recorded in Ontario and B.C., which came in at 22.2 and 18.1 percent, respectively. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll talk about the Canola Council of Canada's updated canola strategy. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.